Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Welcome to it, folks. Some technical difficulties behind the scenes. This headphone jack isn't working. So I had to stick my adapter into a different jack. Go listen to 9 o'clock hour. You opened just like I did at 9 o'clock. What the hell's wrong with this thing? (laughs) I'm sorry. That's how it started. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was listening. My my bumper ran like a minute and a half trying to get sound. (laughs) I was like, why are we listening to the rest of this terrible 12-year-old girl music? (laughs) It's a Friday. It's a Friday. He played Rebecca Black every Friday. Friday, 9 a.m. This is the point in the song where I become very self-conscious. Why? Because this is 18-year-old Joey singing. And it's not great. Passable. Yeah, I could probably sing it better today if I could recut it. But I found an old CD yesterday. Like, remember CDs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we actually... What, what is it? A, C, a C compact <laughs> disc. You would put it into a small... Oh, I think you meant like CDs. No, 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 no. I mean, like, a compact disc, you'd slide into a very slim slot, and uh, a laser would read it. Laser disc? Yeah, and so I found one of these, like where I used to have a car visor, and this is a CD I burned in 2011, right when I started college. Wow. And it's okay. The beginning was awesome. Yeah, and it's got a solo part I'll do a little later. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, way too much Zeppelin. No, no. Okay, that's a, there's a lot of things I could discuss tonight if we're going to be talking strictly about news and politics. In particular, I was getting into it in a nice way. I try to be nice with uh, people on the left when I can. And people on the left on the Book of Faces were essentially looking into who's the best declared presidential nominee for the Democrats right now. And I threw my two cents in. Even though I disagree on some definitely domestic policies, I was like, of all the people who have declared, from Cory Booker to Elizabeth Warren... I hope it's the same person I'm thinking. I like Tulsi Gabbard. 100%. I really like Tulsi Gabbard. She doesn't have a chance, but I love her. Right, exactly. She doesn't have a chance. I can't believe she's given up a house seat for this. And I almost start to like her more because I knew she would immediately get heat. But I didn't realize how quickly hit pieces would come out against her. If if you're against... If you don't... If you don't stand for unlimited war yep. against brown people indiscriminately killing brown children, you have no chance in the Democratic Party in it's 2019. It's unreal. The realignment yeah. is amazing. It's, it's, they are a pro-war hawk. Glo- See, they always ran as the anti-war party because the yeah. Republicans were so pushing war right. that they could get along with, no, no, we're pacifists. We don't want war. We don't like... It's just like... It was, it was cheap heat against the, yep. against the Republicans. Well... 
Oh, Barack Obama. As soon as you get a Republican and there's basically a pacifist, right. all of a sudden they have to let their true colors. Show. No, no, no. We need war. We need unlimited <laughs> yeah. war. We need to kill brown people all over the world for nothing. And when I watch the, our current president, when I watch Trump, I'm like, okay, what kind of game is he playing? Because he talks tough. He talks big. And then he'll throw them off, like, pull the troops home. Are you sure, Mr. President? Yes, right now. Like, at least move him from Syria into Iraq. Because we're watching Iraq. We're watching, watching Iran. Watching we're Iran. watching Iran. We're watching you. Though, and by the way, the Ayatollah of Iran came out and made a distinction today. What? He said, death to America actually means death to Trump, Pompeo, and Bolton. Oh, well. It's like, wow, well, you kind of narrowed it down there. <laughs> well, Seth, Joey, and Barron are clear. <laughs> no, how about we do it this way, Ayatollah? Let's do it like old school, like the Greek armies. Where you pick your, no, not your best warrior. Let's have the Ayatollah against Donald Trump in a steel cage. But Trump's in the Hall of Fame. Right. Oh, oh I think Trump will whoop him. But instead of war, we'll just say, whoever wins that bout in a steel cage. Maybe hell in a cell. Um, <laughs> hell like, in a cell. You remember in 1998 when mankind threw Oh! <laughs> My that, God! That was my kind no, of world. I was actually, the table. I was listening to a podcast earlier today with uh, Jr. Jim yeah. Ross and uh, well, oh my God, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, and they're asked, "What was your favorite match to call? What's the greatest match you ever called?" He's like, "Well, you know, you know uh, Sassafras. Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't. Uh, I can't say greatest, but the most memorable match was uh, Mankind." Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. it's such a 100%. classic call by Jim Ross because he was actually freaked out. Yeah. It's like, my God, my God, stop the match. Stop it. He's broken in half. Then <laughs> <laughs> that is a crazy match because that spot was planned. Yeah. Throwing him off the cage into the table, that was completely planned. But the way he landed, was it was, <laughs> ooh, it was bad. But he gets back up again. Climbs back up onto the top of the cage. Again, this is planned. But the idea was, okay, the panel that the Undertaker power bombs him through was rigged. It was gimmicked to fall through. But they thought it would be one power bomb, two power bomb. On the third one, it would come loose. He'd kind of grab it, then fall to the mat. That's not what happened. Apparently, on the first power bomb, you can go watch this. It completely breaks. He does a flat back bump right on the ring from 20 feet, and plus a steel chair falls down, hits him in the face. Just a little extra salt. In the so wound. bad that it knocks a tooth out, and the tooth the tooth doesn't go onto the mat. The tooth ends up going through his sinuses and sticking out his nose. So he wakes up and he's kind of looking around with his crazy mankind face, and there's a. A tooth sticking out of his nose. You're like, how the hell did that Where get did there? Chicklet get there. Oh man, and that's still one of the best matches. Oh, my, my favorite part of of um, of, of Trump's recent uh, uh, declaration that we're going to be watching Iran. <laughs> In the interview he gave, I don't, every, I don't know how everybody looked past this. The the reporter, I don't know what AP or what what wire yeah, service he was with. They're useless. But they. Um, now, there's some good AP reporters. Yeah, I, not all of them. Just, I'm in one of those moods. But he said, uh, he said, yeah, we're going to pull back to, uh, we're going to pull all our people back to Iraq. Got a big, beautiful base there. One of the greatest bases ever. You love this base. I mean, it's a beautiful base. It's a, there's no reason to leave this base. We're going to pull everybody back to the base in Iraq, and then we're just going to watch Iran. And she said, oh, Mr. President, now this is breaking news. Uh, this is the first time I've heard you're actually going to launch a, a strike against Iran. <laughs> and he was like, 
We're going to watch them. We're going to watch them, Ron. I didn't say lunch. I said watch. Listen to me. Listen to me. I, okay. I, I want to reiterate this. My favorite thing about Trump is the way he speaks. I know it drives some, like, hoity-toity, like, uppity people crazy, but the way he speaks just cracks me up to no end. Like, when he's when he's doing the speech about, you can call it a, a wall or a barrier or steel sats, but we're going to have, and he doesn't just say fence. He doesn't just say barriers. He has to add in, because this will be so much more effective in persuading people, a very powerful fence. <laughs> Not just a fence. A very powerful If you touch one. it, it'll knock your shoes off. Yeah, I'm like, my God, man. He's, uh, I don't know. I thought he did well on the State of the Union, though I maintain he did so well because he got out of the way. He told incredible stories of Americans and showcased Americans doing great things. Whoever put that speech together, by the way, having the World War II vets to begin with, yeah, and then having the Holocaust survivor who was liberated by that guy we introduced at the beginning of the night, that was just, I was moved. Stephen Miller's brilliant. There's no doubt about it. Uh, He did more than that, though. He didn't just get out of the way. Uh, And I think the Democrats made a huge tactical error, and I think it's already showing up in, I mean, the strategy was get the girls to wear white, yeah, and then they'll be obvious on TV when they're sitting and everybody's standing. It'll be obvious the Democrats disapprove of everything he's saying. But by the time he got done with the litany of good news, yeah. they were cheering and high fiving and pointing to themselves. Well, you know what? Now, your they... casual viewer doesn't realize the nuance of politics and that they were trying right. to make fun of him. They they thought Trump had these Democrats eating out of his hands, and and I, you're seeing it reflected yeah. now in his approval rating going up, up, up every day. Well, you know, here's how me watching the State of the Union live went, and it was very funny to me because my roommate Andrew's like, "Why are they wearing white?" I'm like, it's some suffrage thing, homage to the past. Let me look it up. And I looked it up, and one of the quotes from the congresswomen wearing white was, we're wearing white in solidarity with the suffragettes who got us the right to vote and to make sure this president sees us because apparently he doesn't see women. <laughs> Trust me, he sees women. Yeah. He sees a lot of women. No, and grabs them. So I read <laughs> by the hoot nanny. <laughs> I promise you he sees them. He doesn't see your ugly ass, but he sees women. No, but so I read that quote to my roommate. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and no, but then Trump later in the speech is like, okay, oh, don't sit down yet. Don't you're gonna like you're gonna this? Like this? <laughs> and he literally like spotlights him. I see you. Yeah, that's how I heard it. I see you. Yeah, you like, said on see you. I see you. Oh, and then <laughs> I will two say, of you're hot. I usually I'm very cynical about rhetoric, but I have to say the line about socialism had me standing up and pumping my fist. It's like we're born free, we'll remain free, we'll never be a socialist country. I'm like, well. We got something. Kind of quasi? Yeah, we've we've got a lot of government coercion going you, you on right now. You've been the VA, Mr. President? Right. <laughs> but generally, the, the sentiment, like, rah, rah, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the great it's, part was all the Democrats sitting there like, eh, I'm not sure I agree with that. Yeah, all of them sitting. <laughs> not, like, 80% of the Democrat Party is like, no, no, no Mr. We, President, we certainly will be the socialist. Well, and then if they think socialism is this Green New Deal. Oh, my Lord. Going to knock down and rebuild every building oh. in America. So, Seth, you're getting a free house. Oh, yeah, yeah man. man. And apparently I can ride a train now. And you're Anywhere, probably you'll get like to France. Yeah. And because of your Native American heritage Woo, I get everything identity, you'll, yeah, you'll probably get like extra grants. Because they're not only, this is the thing. It's one thing to go, we're really focused on climate change. So let's solve the problem. And, okay, you can argue that. I would argue free markets would better be a better way of solving the problem. Create a better product at a lower price that's efficient and is also 
energy renewable, these sorts of things, I think people will buy it. If you can come up with something better than the internal combustion engine, I think people will buy it all day, every day. So I think that's better than a government centralized plan. But it really reveals that they're not just in it to solve climate change. It's just the latest apocalyptic. It's almost like eschatology. It's like the end of the world is coming. So we must, you know, go on a war footing. This war mentality. No, cl- climate change is a scam. I mean, there's there's no doubt it's a scam. If it's real, if yeah. it's actually happening, that's fine. Um, is there a reason we have to give a living wage to every American to address this it? This is what I mean. I mean, that, that was in the plan. Yeah, this living is wage what I mean. And then it said, to every American who's unable or unwilling to work. Right. Oh. I'm like, ah, no. Yeah, it's like you're not trying to fight climate change, or at least that's the excuse for you to control every aspect of Americans' yeah. lives. Oh. And I was doing some reading up on my famous economist, Hayek. Yeah. Now, Hayek actually was all for universal basic income. He says this because, like, if it's just straightforward, like, you get $1,000 a month, it's pretty easy to administer, there are no exceptions, just instant transfers of money, I don't think it would be the perfect thing, but it would help people out. What he didn't like is what we really have today and what this Green New Deal would be, is that you would be tinkering. Administrators who are unelected and bureaucrats would be tinkering with almost every aspect of American society, picking winners and losers. That's what he thought would lead to authoritarianism and totalitarianism. And I think he's right on that. I think if that joke of a document was ever passed into law, watch out. Well, it, it would it, not it, just be inefficient. It, talk about a loss of liberties across the board. Well, one thing it did is it completely eliminated meat. Oh God, that yeah, yeah. completely oh, eliminated no. meat. So no farming for for cows, pigs. You know, that's ridiculous. Your I mean, Nancy right, friend is dead. I, I, y'all aren't vegetarians. I can tell by no. looking at you. You look healthy. Oh. <laughs> these, these, these people, I mean, you can put up with the occasional vegetarian and look past yeah, it. if it's a personal choice, fine. Yeah, but even then, I mean, they get sappy and pasty looking. There. Next thing you know, the gassy friend, boom. Got to put them down. I know. You got to get some Beano. Yeah, yeah, something. Well, I mean, and like, it's probably just as good as like eating fast food every day. But I like my meat. I love fast food. Oh, man. I love fast food. Really? I do. I don't eat a lot of it. But... I mean, give me a Wendy's double stack. Mm-hmm. I'll eat it. Give me a, a Big Jack. Have you been to Jack's? Oh, you got the Big yeah. Jack? Oh, yeah. Fries are great. Give me a Big Jack and some fries. Yeah. All right? But I don't want to do it every day. I go right. to Milo's. I'll double right. up. I'll even get the uh, orange sauce to dip my little crinkle cuts in. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, you know, you do it every couple of weeks, every three weeks. I can go to Taco. I did this recently for lunch. I went to Taco Bell, shamefully hid behind the Taco Bell in the parking lot. I didn't even have the like temerity to go in. I, sh- I shamefully hid back there and like stuffed my face with too much Taco Bell <laughs> in the back of a parking no, lot. The worst thing now, and my roommates have done it, I've not done it. It's like 1030 at night, and I hear a knock at the door. My roommate gets up. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> who's that? He's like, oh, that's my door dasher with my Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? No. What did he pay for that? You at least have to a drive lot. to Taco Bell. What did he pay for that? Oh, probably only twenty bucks. Oh, well, I understand that, but twenty dollars would get you like seventy-five no, people's worth of Taco Bell. I think he got the the nachos supreme. He got like a couple burritos or something. And Taco I'm, Bell something you got to eat on site though. You can't oh. even take it back to the office because if if you it's don't, soggy. it gets soggy. Well, and I also walked in 
and there's like leftover. You know how the Nacho Supreme has a little bowl, the little black plastic, yeah, yeah. you know, shallow bowl. It, he had not con- he'd consumed all the chips, but there was some of the ooh the goop, the, the goop, the meat, yeah, and with the sauce and the cheese was still there. I swear it looked like baby food or baby throw up. But what's the difference? Oh, it's the best part though. Yeah, I know. I would, I've never finished a Nacho's Bel Grande and not gotten you got to get all the every juice. bit of goop, <laughs> all the good stuff. I mean, sometimes I'll throw six or eight chips <laughs> that away. That stuff is so bad for you, like, and you know it it's finger. bad for you. But that you don't do it all the time. Right. No, you, you shouldn't don't eat donuts do all the time either, but they're delicious. Right. I got a drawer full of Girl Scout cookies over there, but I don't eat them every day. Well, and this is where I'm, I'm so Almost skeptical of the uh, the federal government in the name of climate change or whatever trying to manage our diets. They've already tried nutrition guidelines for the last century or so, and it turned out to be nonsense, and now you have all these different diets competing for people's hearts and minds, and I'm at the point of like, I, I'm i just going to eat. Like, I'm going to go eat real food. Like, I'll go buy real food at the grocery store, I'll cook it, and I'll be done with that, and I don't eat fast food that often. Yeah. I might for then. a treat every once in a while, for, but even on a cheat day, I don't want fast food. I want like a stack of tin pancakes. Let me tell you something. When I eat fast food, I don't just get a burger. Mm. <laughs> I eat. You know, I'm spending double-digit money if I'm at a fast food restaurant. I'm spending $10, $12, $14. I'm loading up. I did a year as a vegan. A complete vegan for one year. Mm-hmm. I lost a ton of weight. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked sick. I felt terrible. Yeah. I broke my vegan fast at Taco Bell. <laughs> Two Mexican pizzas, some other stuff. You know, I don't... It was before the grilled stuff, but the, I think maybe a seven-layer burrito or something. No. Mexican pieces are great. Now, do they yeah, make they're it, great. They make it correctly, though, instead of, like, sometimes they'll make it, and it's like, you got lazy with the sour cream. All my sour cream's in one yeah. side of the burrito. <laughs> and I love how the sour cream comes in a caulk gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what I do is I'll go in there, and I take the whole tray full of peppermint cinnamons. Cinnamon peppermints? Yeah. Oh, man. I take the whole thing. Oh, the tray is... No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, one bite. <laughs> it's one bite. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, and, but here's the thing. Like, am I not allowed as a born-free American to eat myself into an early grave? Yeah. Not yeah. for long. Apparently. I'm not saying... No, I'm not saying that I should, like, in a moral sense, even in a practical sense. I'm saying, politically speaking, shouldn't I be free... To put whatever in my body that I damn well please. Yeah, here, here's the rub. Here's the rub. And this is what, I mean, nobody's going to tell people Don't this because... Don't you dare tell me I can't eat bacon every morning. Oh, I want you to eat bacon every morning. Mm. Thank you, sir. Mm. Uh, sugar's what makes you fat, not fat. Uh, it's hard to get fat eating fat. Uh, sugar, flour, rice, Oh, pasta. Jillian Michaels would disagree. She's come out hard against the keto diet, and now today she's lambasting CrossFit. Yeah, she's probably she's probably paid off by the corn, big corn or something. I think it's her own interest. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, anyway. Um, but, but even, it, it, whatever you eat, whatever you eat, once you get to a certain weight, it's so expensive to keep you alive that it costs me money to keep you alive. Because you either go to the hospital and can't pay for it, so Mm. my services go up in value, or you're in my insurance pool, you know, because Mm. every insurance policy is in a pool, so you're running my pool up, or you're on Medicaid or Medicare, and you're running that up, and so your desire to be a fat ass impacts my finances on a monthly basis, because I get charged every time I incur medical services, or every time I pay my Blue Cross Blue Shield premium. It, it, and that's that's where the rub is. Hmm. There's There are studies out there that show for every person over 300 pounds, it's cheaper on society for the government to pay for their surgery, weight loss surgery, 
than it is to let them continue to be fat <laughs> and, and incur the high blood pressure, the diabetes, the getting limbs yeah, wait, cut off, quadruple bypass, bypasses, heart attacks, strokes. How <laughs> dare you're fat shaming and body shaming. One people. half of 1% of fat people can't help it. The rest of them just eat too damn much food. And that's fine. I love eating too. I love eating food. You know how much I would love to eat? I skip breakfast every single day and don't eat till noon. Oh. Because if I ate breakfast every day, I get like I look fat. Right. If I ate what I wanted to eat for lunch every day, I'd get fat. If I ate cookies every day, I get fat. I love chocolate. I keep myself to one to two dove pieces a day. That's it. Hmm. Um, and I love it. I could eat 20. I could eat 20. I have a huge sweet tooth. I, I could do midnight snacks, but you know what? When I'm hungry at 9 o'clock, you know what I do? I go to bed. Yeah. Because I don't want to be fat. I could do all that stuff. Well, and give it. I don't want to be fat. Well, well, the way I do and, it and is... And if, if other people choose to do that and get fat, that's fine. But at the point it starts costing me money because you have no discipline, what the hell you? Know you know what I do? I eat everything. 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 And then I go to work all the time. Well, and uh, however you do it. I work and I sweat. Let me let me tell people. You got you got three options. Mm-hmm. You got three options. You can work it off with exercise and just burn the hell out of it. But keep in mind, like, one piece of cheese is like an hour running. <laughs> all right? You can run it off. You can not eat it to begin with. Or you can do both. But if you don't do either, you're going to get fat. Mm. Yeah. You're going to get fat. You either well, need to I limit your say, food, increase your exercise, or get fat. No, my gra- one of my grandfathers told me this. He used to eat like a horse, but he'd run seven miles a day. Yeah. And he stayed skinny. Like, he stayed in great shape. But guess what happened? Died of a heart attack at 60. No, he's still uh, alive at oh, 83, I believe. Oh, I think wow. that's how old he is. Good and for he's, him. And he still bowls. He's over a 200 average. He's awesome. Bowling on um, blocks? Ron is who I'm talking about. But he talked about how... He ate whatever he wanted, and he exercised really hard, but what happened is he got, especially into his 60s, I believe, uh, type 2 diabetes. So he had to watch that. And because if you eat whatever you want, but even the, if you exercise, you're still. But here's be the dirty little that. secret of type two diabetes: hmm. almost entirely curable. Yes, and, almost and entirely. He's curable. been able to manage it and just so fine. If you're losing limbs to type two diabetes, if your uh, uh, blood sugar's out of control, and you can't, it, that's your. It's it's almost always your fault. Now, right. There are some people who get it and they can't control it. I get. The, I'm not saying it's 100 percent your fault, but almost always it's your fault. Stop doing the right. things fat people with diabetes do, and you won't have it. You won't have it. And nobody wants to hear this. No. This is why people don't like me, Seth. You know, you know, the, you know how many complaints I'm going to get from tonight? <laughs> See, but I, I, this is what I happens. listen to you. I listen but to I you. But I fat shame myself in the mirror all the time. That's why I started doing what I've done for the last year and a half. Yeah. It's I was like, tired of feeling like crap at 29 years old. I after doing check, nothing. man. When but, you start slacking, his chin starts coming back. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, it's no different from our caller, Clint. Oh, yeah. Clint was an alcoholic, yes. drinking a fifth of whiskey a day. Oof. Goes to treatment, doesn't drink anymore. Hmm. Guess who doesn't get drunk all the time and have the consequences of being a drunk? Clint. Clint. Right. Wait, are you really telling people that personal responsibility will change their lives? Yes, yes. You will be happier. You will sleep better. Stop doing... You know, if you hang out with poor people all day, you're going to get poor. Mm. If you hang out with fat people all day, you're going to get fat. What you rub on rubs off. That's what I'm talking about. Hang out with better people. Yeah, I know a few preachers that hang out with poor people all day. They seem to be doing all right. Well, they're they're, just, <laughs> they're shearing making, the sheep. It's like the Richard Pryor <laughs> character in Car Wash, whatever his name was. Like the... Hey, give me more money and God loves you. Give me more money and God loves you. <laughs> Looking at the car wash. If they take away the cows, you know what's going to happen? What? A lot more deer, hun. Just there's only deer so many deer. Good for you. There's I, only so many deer, though, man. Well, hey, there's a lot. Yeah. 
Anyway, no, we're just having a free for all here. Though it did get me thinking. It's a thing. There's no topic I, I complain oh, like, about. The, something. Think about the, uh, the issue that I, I would love to complain about. Okay, are we a socialist nation? Actually, in, in certain sectors, we've, we've gone a little socialist, or at least the government's trying to manage the economy. Yeah, some areas more than others. But think about the three areas that have the most government control and intervention. And they're probably the areas that give lower class, middle class Americans the most trouble in terms of purchasing power. In terms of food and luxuries, I read a fascinating study. They were showing inequality or equality measures based on consumption. And that the average person can actually get pretty much the same consumption as a very rich person with their salary, except in three sectors. And they turn out to be the most socialized or government-involved sectors. Education, healthcare, and housing. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. I would have said guns, alcohol, and tobacco. (laughs) (laughs) Because those are really heavy regulated industries. Uh, They they may be more heavily regulated, to be honest with you. Yeah, but they're not... But they're uh, not... you're not getting subsidies to go right. buy a gun. Oh, we should. <laughs> you're not getting subsidies to go buy alcohol. I got a new gun. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Nice. Um, what kind? It's a uh, it's a it's a Walther CCP nine millimeter. It's nice. It wow. Fit. I mean, it just fits the hand perfectly. That it's is nice. Right yeah. in the waistband. It's a nice little gun. See, I I don't nice have one yet. I'm actually a fan of the 357 revolvers. Oh yeah, yeah. I've shot those a lot. You like to look like Clint Eastwood? Yeah, I do like. I, I'm, wrong I'm not with looking that. for a huge monstrosity a one. Too. They have shorter ones. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I like those a lot. I just feel comfortable with it. I'm shot like a little snub nose 357. Yeah. yeah, you ever shot one? Yeah, okay. that's the one. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying it. That's the one pistol I shot the most. These pistols had they 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 have springs. They control your recoil. Um, you know, the, the the gun absorbs a lot of the bang. A three fifty seven Magnum break your wrist. <laughs> your hand absorbs the bang. <laughs> have you ever shot a forty four Magnum? I've shot Ooh, an, I've shot twice. I don't know if I have. No. Yeah, I shot it twice. It, it is. It, you know, you can do it, mm-hmm. but it is not something you would carry around and like get in a gunshot, a shootout. It, it's for show. <laughs> it's for show. It's to run down to the range and show people I can shoot a cannon with my hand. A yeah, hand cannon. <laughs> it is not for, like, protecting around the house. Well, and it reminds me, I, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago now. You remember when the guy, what was his last name with a K? It was, uh, like, Kuntzman or something for the New York Daily News. Kuntzman. Kuntzman yeah. or something like that. He uh, he went and tried to shoot an AR-15, and he started, like, it sounded like a cannon <laughs> and felt like a bazooka. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, I've shot an AR. Shooting uh, a three fifty seven is more intimidating than shooting an AR. No, you can take an AR and stick it against your manhood right. <laughs> and shoot it. And it has no recoil. It will not hurt your manhood. Yeah, it's just, no, you put it's, it right up against there and just bang, bang, bang. I've done it. After that, No article, recoil. I've done it. No recoil. After that article, some guy like showed a, a video of his daughter, his five-year-old daughter, yeah. holding the butt of the gun against her forehead and firing. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's oh, it felt like a bazooka in my hands. His name's uh, 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 Gershwin Kuhn. Kuntzman. Kuntzman. Gershwin Kuntzman. I think it's Gershwin. No, it's Kuntzman. No, it's- Gershwin's his first name. I think, oh, his first name is, I think he's Gershwin Kuntzman. What an unfortunate name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Delta commercial. Well, sometimes they say the name is destined, and he's living up to that last name. It's right. Kushman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kushman. My goodness. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard U, right? Yeah. We're, we're having way too much fun tonight. It's a Friday, folks. Just having a blast. Having a blast. But who else has fun? All sorts of people. Yeah. But the best people have fun over at Four Healthy Pets. Oh, yeah. On the Atlanta Highway, the Village East Shopping Center right next to Faulkner. 
You went right. I went left. I was going Eddie Bader. Well, we'll talk about Eddie in a second. But Eddie's actually been by Four Healthy Pets because he's I saw got that there. new puppy. I saw and, him there. And the great thing about Four Healthy Pets is not just the high-quality, responsibly sourced, all-natural brands of food or the great treats like the chicken crack. It's really chicken jerky. It's not actually crack, folks. Meow Or Meow Wanna, the cleverly branded catnip. Great stuff. Or the, like, didn't you have a muffin, a blueberry oh, muffin? Oh, man, they're little biscuits. Yeah, and they're, they're so dog good. treats, and they're good or for like you, Or like elk antler as a chew toy. Those yeah. things last forever. But the best part, in my opinion, whenever you go buy four healthy pets, is everybody walks in. It's like cheers. Everybody Boom. knows your name. Yep. And Teresa says hi. She'll even do, if you have auto order on, you can call her up be like, hey, I'm coming to pick up my food and my products and she can meet you outside you don't even have to go in they also have grooming services they just got another groomer on staff for healthy pets on the atlanta highways the place to go because number one you'll be supporting an actual local small business somebody who really cares it's not like the big box store that's so impersonal they don't care but somebody who took her passion and her love for her pets and is now using that passion to help out your pets so they're healthy happy so you are happy and healthy. So stop by the Atlanta Highway. It's the Village East Shopping Center where the old skate haven used to be. Mm. Right next to Faulkner University. Or go online to 4healthypetsonline.com see more of their story and what they have to offer. But here we got to hit this break. But this, this is my favorite part. I can remember vividly in 2011, I had just moved into our brand new apartment at Auburn University, the Garden District. It's kind of this hoity-toity replication of Bourbon Street and the uh, the French District in New Orleans with vines growing up onto the balconies. But I remember sitting in my room one Saturday morning, and I wrote a song on my acoustic guitar, then made a drum beat, kind of put the whole song together, and then did this guitar solo. And I remember it being a perfect day. I completed the song in one day. I remember having so much fun playing this solo, but it starts off with this riff, and it sort of builds into uh, a larger guitar solo where I'm just having way too much fun. And, you know, sometimes you hear stuff. I Luckily, I can hear my past in, in this. You know, what happened to me? Why don't I do this anymore? Because it really was like a perfect day. You wake up and you're an old man. Yeah, it's like what I really am. Is yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to bask in this old guitar solo. We're going to hit this break. Baron Coleman, Seth Spotlow here in the studio having some fun. We'll be right back after this.
Joey Clark. Okay, I was wrong. The earlier song I went out to, that was 2007, Joey. This is 2011, Joey. He's been through some stuff. <laughs> the world's been disappointing him a little bit. You can just hear it in the tone of the music. It sounds like you don't want to be where you're at. <laughs> you're imagining you're somewhere fancy. I was, I'm actually what I imagine making this song is like a Pied Piper. Oh, okay. Like there's a flute part in it that it's like somebody marching towards their impending doom. <laughs> some sort of, uh, you know, catchy tune. <laughs> Oh. And I was listening to a lot of Daft Punk at the time. Oh, okay, that's right. You yeah. have your little mouse ears on. Yeah, exactly. Which, what a band that's had, like, staying power. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. Now, uh, Seth, oh. all these songs, ladies and gentlemen, Seth Spotlow does a thing where he sends me songs. <laughs> and I like them, but I can't play them on the radio, dude. <laughs> I, you don't have, I mean, I'm just sending them to you so you listen to them. Okay. Just to open your mind, man. Yeah. And if there's a good one that has a, a good beginning or something like that, I will say something. So what have you sent me recently? Like some Marilyn Manson? Yeah. and uh, uh, Soundgarden, you sent me a, a uh, track or two like of that. And, uh, what was it? I had some, there were some Gravity Kills playing earlier, and I was going to send that oh, to no, you. Oh, no, you sent me a Marilyn Manson one that was close to Soundgarden, but it was the other one. Yeah, let me see here. Anyway, yeah, Seth, yeah. Seth lied to me. I just realized that. What, he what just dawned on me. How? Really? How did I have this out? Well, I was going to get a little touch up on some work I have on my back. Oh, I stood you up. And I told I told him about <laughs> it, and I told him what time, and I told him where. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, I'll be there, man. I'll be." And so I I even told my buddy when I came out, I was like, "Got a guy coming here with me, going to support me, you know?" Yeah. Nothing. I totally stood him up. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, man. That's all right, dude. That's all right. I know where I stand. Oh man, I got another one, uh, February twenty-two. Twenty. Okay, what time? Uh, 12.30. Oh, another right. touch-up. Okay. Yes. Well. Yeah. Okay, New cool. piece. Uh, yeah. New piece. Wait, right, right here. Wait, 12.2? Okay. It's going to be a beauty. Uh, All right. uh, uh, 12.30. All right. 12.30. See, I'm not against myself getting a tattoo, yeah. but I, I need a really good reason. That's what I've always told myself. Like, you, you have a reason to hang a poster on a wall? Well, no, it's more like, do you get a novel published? Like, of some course. accomplishment. Like something big that's very. As long meaningful. as you cover it up with a T-shirt, get 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 a bodysuit. Yeah. yeah, as long as it I means say. something to you, that's all that matters. Okay, maybe. And I mean, yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, hmm. okay, even if it doesn't mean something to you, if it looks cool. No, it's got to mean something. Yeah, to you. I want it to mean something. Yeah, it's like I got a- one that means nothing to me. Oh, well. and it's probably my most visible one. Yeah, and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just I saw. I I thought of it. I I asked the guy to draw it. I drew it out. I was like. Put it on me. It's well, awesome. I do like sometimes, too, how tattoos are counterintuitive. Like uh, CM Punk was a very big wrestler, but his gimmick, and in real life, he was straight edge. Oh. So he actually had a huge Pepsi logo tattooed on his arm because I don't drink beer, I don't drink liquor, I drink Pepsi, and I live a straight edge life that was whole bodies covered in tats. So it's like you think, oh, that guy's crazy. No, he's actually pretty level-headed and whatnot. He just likes tattoos. And it's yeah, I mean, I... I just say I'm 40 ish, almost 40. I just soon get lit up. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's, 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 what, what am I doing? Who, nobody sees me shirtless. I mean, it's not like I'm at the beach every weekend. Right, right, right. right. I, I, I do run shirtless in my neighborhood at like 5 a.m. Oh. You know, so like four people that go to work about that time see me on a daily basis. But I mean, 
And I see them at the same time every time. But I mean, you know, I, I'm not against. And I think the culture's sort of opened up to it. Like police departments allow it more. The if military allows it more. You're gonna throw some stuff on your face. Yeah. Some obvious some, neck tats. You know, some job stoppers on the hands or the fingers. Yeah. I, I understand Ooh, some the hesitation there. Hurt. But anything yeah. from the elbows to the neck yeah, to the to the fine. waist. Yeah, fine. it's probably fine. No, um, go get Thug Life tatted on your chest. Once, <laughs> <laughs> I got a buddy of mine that has heavy metal over his eyebrows. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, man. Ooh, man. That's a little much. <laughs> yeah, that might be. Yeah. Okay. Did you see, by the way, Jill Abramson? Abrams, Abramson? Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she came out with a book. She's the ex New York Times editor. I've watched a reporter. Her book came out. This one reporter took her to task in like five minutes. And how did he do it? He said, yeah, she plagiarized whole paragraphs. Here's a paragraph from this book from five years ago. Now here's the paragraph in her book. And it is straight up. The same? She took it. Wow. Mm. And it's like, how? How? That's dirty. It's just, do not worship a journalist, folks. Don't give any unconditional love to a journalist. Did you see the journalist on Rogan the other day? This is New York Times. This is like the premier yes. journalist organization in the I country. I thought she had fascinating things to say about Israel and being Jewish, but I, Listen, other than that, it she, was like... She got on Tulsi Gabbard, and she was like, oh, she's just a, a toady for uh, Assad. She's an Assad toady. Oh, and Lord. Rogan said... What's a toady? <laughs> and she's like, she's, and she just paused. She goes, I mean, I think I used that word, right? Oh, she's wow. like, well, what, what does it mean? You know, how do you even spell it? She was like, I don't know. Yeah, she's like, she I was, think it means what I think it means. When she was, she didn't know what it meant. When she was talking about something, her identity being a Jewish in New York and these sort of things, I thought it was pretty fascinating because that you could tell she thought about it for a long, long time. Like this is something. That she really knew, but when she got into foreign policy, I was like, "Who is this lightweight? And how do these people get jobs?" Well, she's like, "My goodness!" It, and th yeah, this toady comment—it's like, okay, the world is full of dictators. It really is. And maybe you don't need to be like buddy buddy with them, but you don't need to overthrow them either. And I'm sorry, excuse me, pardon me. I don't believe that everything the mainstream media and especially U.S. intelligence tells me. What's I don't. It, you know what? Five years ago, that was not controversial. Five, right. year, five years ago, every liberal in the country was like, out of hell with the CIA and the FBI. We don't need secret societies. This is out of control. Yeah. Especially 10 years ago when George W. Bush was there. This is out of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. They lied to us. The CIA lied to us. It was a fake. They used it to justify a $7 trillion war. And then all of a sudden, Trump's like, you know, I don't know that I believe the CIA. What? This guy is siding with our enemies against our intelligence services? <laughs> well, I love one of my favorite memes that came out in the last few months is this Hillary supporter, this young girl holding up a sign at a Hillary Clinton rally before the election happened saying, just because you lost doesn't mean it's rigged, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> he wins. And now it's rigged, apparently. It's just ridiculous. And I'm pretty certain the Russians are doing things. I'm pretty certain the Chinese are doing things. And all sorts of nations that are, are rivals are doing things. Every country's doing something. Right. But the, especially the U.S. government. Right. Uh, we're, we're the worst offenders on election. Now, I will say on Venezuela, I'm like, okay, let's join Canada and the EU and recognize the opposition. I think that's all good. But when I saw the John Bolton, like, 5,000 troops in Colombia, I'm like, guys, maybe that's just a threat. It's like, please do not do another regime change. Not today, Trump please. and Bolton are too smart. 
hopefully. To let him wander around yeah. with a notebook, point it out towards the cameras, and not know that the cameras are going to see it and zoom in on it. <laughs> and, see. and the only thing, I mean, it's the same, I actually feel great, it's the same brand of notebook I use. It's the same exact brand of notebook I use. And so when I saw it, I was like, that's my notebook. <laughs> Trump uses my notebooks, dude. The God Emperor uses the same gold notebooks I use. Let but me see your notebook. There's... That's where I write my best words. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I have one with me. <laughs> I want to see this. It may be in my car. I got the good old crusty okay. composite. Yeah, let's yeah. see this thing. It may not be this. in here. may not be in oh, here. Oh, no. He came unprepared. Oh. Well, no. When I had that press conference the other day, I had the notebook with me, and I took it out of my bag, yeah. and then I threw it in my car. It's in the back of my car. One day, I think... Uh, I'll show um, it when you Not wish. today, yeah. but one day when it's allowed, uh, it'd be cool to talk about what you're doing right now. Not right now, obviously. And maybe not if it's I can't do it on my show. Right. I could only do it on yours. Right. This is what I'm talking about. I could I could hint at it. I would love to get at the hell if the guy who's you're involved with wants to come on. I'm he, he will. Yeah. He will. It'd be a lot of fun. Um I we're, if we're being very cryptic, I know the audience I, 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 can I, guess. I filed but. a lawsuit Monday on behalf of Gavin McKinnis against the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yes. Um, for defamation, for tortious interference with business relationships, for a violation of an obscure New York labor law uh, that does apply, uh, uh, and, and got it in through pen of jurisdiction with the federal government, but I mean with the uh, federal courts. But it, it's um, it's a it's it's messy. It's a it's a big case. It's uh, there's a lot of crowdfunding going on right mm -hmm. now. Um, you know, if you want to join in, defendgavin.com, defendgavin.com. I think like 1,200, 1,500 people have already donated there. Uh, but no, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time going through it, especially on my show because I think that's trashy. Yeah, to yeah. bring up uh, the. The fourteen hundred and sixty people have donated sixty six thousand dollars to his legal fund. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, it's, some it's supporter. You know, go to defendgavin.com if you want to. But but I mean, it's 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 a great case. It's a great case because the Southern Poverty Law Center, in Gavin's experience, labels people falsely mm -hmm. as a. Uh, a terrorist group or a violent well, the, group the or most, a hate group. And then, but then you get deplatformed. Well, and the most Everybody drops you. And you can't get hired. But the most recent one is, uh, what is it, Majit Narwaz or yeah. something like that? He That guy's story is nuts. He, and he was labeled by a European organization as a terrorist. He admits when he was growing up, he was part of that first Islamist movement in Egypt that inspired groups like Al-Qaeda and others. But he never did anything violent, but he was put in prison by the Egyptian government. And while he was in prison, he got talking to actual terrorists. Yeah. And he realized these people are nuts. And what I was taught as an angry young kid is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, and also, it's really perverting my religion. I believe he's still a Muslim, but he sort of realized Islamism, this political, violent, militant movement is real, and I'm going to speak out against it. Yet this European organization, because he was locked in prison, labeled him a terrorist. So he yeah. sued them and won. Because he's now speaking out against militant Islam, where it does exist, the Southern Poverty Law Center called him an Islamophobe. No, they called him an Islamic extremist. Really? They called him the Islamic extremist. <laughs> what? Yes. Wow. Yes. For being reasonable? Yes. You see, here's the thing. That's so nuts. This is the thing. Terrible. Gavin pointed this Labels. out. We had a press conference Monday, and, and Gavin pointed this out at the press conference. You can watch the whole press conference. It's on Periscope. He, uh, he pointed out, he said, for some reason... Militant Islam gets a total pass. 
The Southern Poverty Law Center doesn't want to label militant Islam. But it's if you're a real. moderate Islam, if you're a good neighbor, if you're a good guy, good family man, don't want to murder Westerners, if you're just an average Muslim, they don't like you. Right. If you speak out against the militant Islam, the Southern Poverty Law Center don't want to, they, you know, they won't label uh, Osama bin Laden a hate group, like Al-Qaeda and ISIS a hate group. It's the moderate, moderate guy calling out the Islamic extremists. They call them the Islamic extremists. It's, it's totally insane. backwards. I, I could probably get Gavin to come on. Okay. I'll He's doing a media to tour right now. He just did five, uh, four days in New York. Um, he's going to do five days in Texas and California uh, coming up next week, next two weeks. Um, and then he'll start doing more local shows. Like I, and, well, and we went over this last time you were on, Baron. But coming I, right into the belly of the beast. I mean, I, Southern Poverty Law Center is headquartered here. I like people that stand up for themselves when they believe they're in the right. I really do. And so well, I'd be interested in talking. And, and look, I mean... Take everything he says in context. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a great video. Exactly. If you go to YouTube and look up Gavin McInnes, M-C-I-N-N-E-S, there's a great video that says, meet Gavin McInnes, or Gavin McInnes in his own words or something. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the opposite of the image they want to portray of him. Yep. Because the image they want to portray of him is an anti-Semite. He's not, I can assure you. A racist. He's not, I can assure you. Yeah. And it's, it's cheap and easy to say he's married to a minority and his kids are biracial. But it's true. Right. <laughs> he would make a very lousy white supremacist. Yeah, it's it's cheap. I mean, it's a che it's cheap grace to but say it's that. True. But it's true. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, he, he's he's misunderstood. He's bombastic. Oh he's, yeah, he's controversial. Very provocative. He yeah. says provocative things. He's a provocateur. He's a comedian. He's a radio host. You know this. You mm -hmm. say lots of things. I'd say all sorts of things. I that are over the top. Right. But I mean, and but he he uses provocative language to draw attention to a point he's making. He yes. wants to draw you in. They stop. They don't... The Southern Poverty Law Center takes him out of context, doesn't quote the point he's making, yeah. which is usually anti-racist, anti and they and they make it look like he's a racist because he started out with a racist statement. He's just not. I mean, I spent I spent time with this guy. He's not... A, right. I talked to him every day. He's not a racist. He's just not. I, just, I think it's a fascinating case. And in so. fact... Well, I'm not going to go on and yeah, say what he I said, mean, but it, it, he's yeah. not a racist, I can assure you. Right. It's, uh, what a weird world. I, I mean, everybody on top, down each other's throats. It's just, ugh. Like, what, what has happened? And maybe I'm thinking, like, maybe this is always how it's been. It's gotten a little worse, but now you're just seeing it more. Yeah, I think it's just, it's more instantaneous. We can actually see things. And it's it's more polarized. You're getting old, man. You're, it's only going to get worse. I do feel like an old man. <laughs> I really do. I, I described this. I went to uh, somebody's, I said this earlier this week, but I went to somebody's farm, uh, like mansion, this huge plantation, uh, plantation. The house is kind of in the style of a hunting cabin, but it's got like five or six bedrooms, incredible bathrooms and amenities in the kitchen and all sorts of things. A man-made pond right out the back door, the huge dock and the nice canoe and all this stuff. But right when I get there, uh, somebody you may know, Baron, just kind of, and I hate this crap. So if you see me, please don't do it. But as soon as I walk in the door, it's like, oh my God, it's Joey Clark from the He's so famous. And she, I, I know her. She's kind of making fun of me. It's he's Joey from the radio, a famous guy. And this little kid walks up. I had to be like nine years old. He's like, are you really famous? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, man. I'm, In my I'm, own mind. Yeah, not, not really, dude. And he goes, you want to do some Fortnite dances? I'm like, <laughs> and I, at that moment, I'm like, I'm so old. Because I'm like, what are Fortnite dances? He's, he's like the floss. And he starts flossing. And I'm like, I can't do that. My hips don't move that way. You can man. floss. I've got Stop it. Stop the it. Next time somebody calls me Joey, I'm going to be like, yeah, hey, let's go do some Fortnite dances. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Joey loves Fortnite. I mean, what is, is that where the dabbing's from, too? Like, no, no, dabbing preceded Fortnite. Yeah, but it's on Fortnite now. Oh, well, that doesn't count. God. Yeah. Just, I feel like such an old man because I'm not. The up Carlton on... was on Fortnite and he sued him over it. Really? Yes, he sued him over it. How can you own a dance? It's the it's Carlton. Carlton. What yeah, the hell man. do you call it? Yeah, but that, did Michael Jackson ever sue anybody what? for doing the moonwalk? Like the governor the, of Virginia? They're profiting <laughs> off of it, though. It's not just that they're doing it. I don't uh, think Carlton cares if you're in the club and you break out the car. <laughs> Mike, get your ass whipped. <laughs> but he doesn't care. you know. Because But they're actually selling not the, the dance. You want to be loved by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you want to break out in Tom Jones, I'm with you, bro. Well, now, have you heard the, the old Dana Carvey stand-up bit on Tom Jones? I, he's like, I, I got to put this delicately, but it's like, I was watching him, and he had on very tight pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like, it was like Tom and his Jones singing, <laughs> and it was like, oh my goodness, it's the short little guy. What is it about tiny dudes usually end up being like great singers? Like, they're not physically... What else you got? Like, um, Teddy Pendergrass, I guess, was this, you know, huge, fit guy who would sing, like, Come here, woman! Like, bedroom songs. Maynard. But, uh, you know, a guy who's surprisingly, shockingly huge? Billy Corgan. Really? really? Billy Corgan's, like, 6'5". Wow. He's massive. But then, like, Donny Osmond's not that big. No. Like, um, and go through, like, 80s hair rock. Brett Michaels, Vince Neal, Axl Rose. These guys were tiny. I yeah. guess you're, you're making up for... You're not going to be winning any, like, MMA fights. Sebastian Bach from Skid Maynard Row. from Tool. He's tiny. Yeah. He's tiny, man. Yeah. He sings opera. What about the... Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Les Claypool. Yeah, Claypool. Yeah. He's not a big guy. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess Good you're gifted. It, it's all balanced out. Like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to be some big muscular guy, so I... Pick up something else, like math or music. You know what's funny? It's The, the singer gets all the, the leg. Mm -hmm. uh, and the bass guy's the one that's making everybody dance so the singer can get the leg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but before and I he's forget, not getting anything. Before I forget, before we run out of time, the show is brought to you by, very proudly, by Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, it doesn't matter which one it is. Maybe you're buying your home for the first time or actually selling for the first time after buying for the first time. Eddie Bader can do it all. He's a full-service realtor. So if you're looking for a real estate agent, give Eddie Bader a call, 322-0662. Again, that number, 322-0662. He's not one of these guys going to have you sign a contract, hammer sign in your yard, and then wait by the phone. No, he's going to give you advice when you're selling your home. Like, hey, let's just get ahead of the ball and, you know, ahead of the game and, you know, do this renovation. You'll get a better price point, probably go off the market quicker. Here's how you do a successful open house. Eddie Bader has done it all. He changed his own life by investing in real estate. He's seen pretty much everything there is to see when it comes to the real estate market. So if you need a real estate agent to buy or sell, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. 322-0662. You will not be sorry. If you don't want to walk, you can float. You can fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah those pontoon boats. Eddie or... is the master of yeah. real estate. The master of real he estate. He is masterful. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. I don't know what that show was. You know what that show was? It was a Friday. Just some dudes hanging out. Hey. This is what happens at a bar, ladies and gentlemen, except without alcohol. Well, Joey. Time to go eat some ribs? Time to go eat some ribs. <laughs> All right, see you guys. See y'all.